We are in a series called Relationships Are Wonderful Until They're Not. And I honestly don't know where we get the pictures of these people, but I hope they don't show up to church and realize they're on our wall. <laughs> Can you imagine? You go to church and they're using you as a, no. Their, their relationship's probably pretty good. They're holding hands. It looks okay. I was really encouraged when I was asked to speak for this Sunday because I think relationships are some of the most delicate but powerful things that we have in our lives. And a lot of times we just go through life and we don't really recognize the value of the people that are, that are running alongside us. And I hope that today and through this series, if you come for anything else, but you understand the value of the people that are in your life for the seasons they may be in. And I'm insanely excited about today. Number one, because I just love church. I love, I love the house of God. I love when we gather together. Like this, I love roars, like hearing the house roar when worship happens. Like that's, that's just, mm. like, let's go, let's go. Um, the other part is I'm gonna do something today that is going to require a lot of humility, not just for me. It's hard enough to get up here and speak to you people, but I'm going to challenge us today. And a lot of times, like this relationship series, we're talking about boundaries. And when we think of boundaries, immediately my first concept, what comes to mind is like a fortified wall that I'm setting up to either keep people out or protect what's happening on the other side of the wall. And the truth is, is that today, I don't want us to have that perspective. I want us to I want us to consider that if we're going to set boundaries in our life, that to ensure that we're not blocking in what could be the ultimate reason that we're detriment inside. So I don't want to set up walls around something that's broken. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to lock, lock the dysfunction in. Today, um, my hope through this message is that we can all get to a place where we're just, where we're humble enough to look and be like, man, if you had a subtitle for this message, it would be called, what if me isn't working? What if me isn't working? You don't have to raise your hand, but if you've ever been told it's not you, it's me in a relationship, we're going to put some truth to that today. Yes. All right. We've got a vocal crowd. This is good. What if me isn't working? In 1 Corinthians 13, we've all heard this. Paul is giving a dissertation about love. It's going all out, telling us what love is. And I want to read it out with you guys today. Love is patient. Love is kind, does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices. Some of you guys are thinking about your wedding day, right? <laughs> rejoices in the truth. It always protects, it always trusts. It always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. Paul is writing this to a church that has mismanaged the intentions of love. They don't understand. They don't understand it. And when we look at relationships, I think we can get a lot of times in our relationships where we either misunderstand or we mistreat it because we just, we, we haven't considered the weight of what love actually is. Um, and as a 17-year-old kid, I'll go even younger than that. I probably heard this when I was like 12, 13, and in the church, they threw the Bible at you, and they're like, the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. 
I know I sounded like an airplane captain, right? The Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. And so when I saw Paul was writing about love, I'm like, yes, somebody tell me how to love. Please. Up and down, through relationships, breakups, get together again. I, I, don't, I don't get it. And so my teenager self is like, Paul, yes, keep going. Keep going. Like, tell me how to cruise chicks on camels or do pickup lines in the marketplace. Like, what tunic to wear to attract people? I, I don't know. But then I look at verse, a couple of verses later, and Paul says this. He says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. What, what? Like, Paul, what are you doing? Like, you're telling me about love. I'm all engaged. Like, you got me all ears here. Now you want to tell me about your childhood. Well, isn't that precious? And I was confused until I understood why he went there. What does childhood have to do with our love at all? What does growing up have to do with love at all? Apparently a lot. We have an incredible kids ministry, and every week my son saves up all his tickets, and he gets in the car, he's like, look what I bought with all my tickets. I'm like, that's so awesome. And then one week, one week, it wasn't so awesome. I don't know what it is. It lives in my house. It sometimes ends up in the garage. And I'm going to share it with you guys right now, just so you know. And I honestly don't know what to call it, so I called it the thing. And this is it. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Actually, I don't. Um, but this is it. And it's, it's got, like, I don't know what it is. I have no idea. All I know is that me and my daughter, like, we're cleaning dishes one night. Stay. Me and my daughter were cleaning dishes one night, and she throws it at me, and I'm like, oh, this is what's happening now. So I pick it up, and I throw it back at her, and it doesn't throw like a ball, <laughs> just so you know. And then we're like, oh, this is kind of fun. We're just laughing at each other, like, we're having a good time about it. Jen's in the other room, and she's like, what are you guys doing? And, and me, are, me and Maddie are just killing ourselves. And then she went up to the top of the banister and then tried to roll it down the banister to do like a ski slope thing, make it fly into the kitchen. And it didn't really do that because it doesn't go where you want it to go. It's very inconsistent. And then I lied on the floor and I'm like, okay, how about this? How about you take a video of me, you dropping it on my head in slow motion. We'll watch how it just kind of like falls off of me. <laughs> and we did that. And then it really hurt, like from a distance. It's, it's heavy. Um, and then she went to the top of the stairs because we have, like, she went to the second story and I'm like, throw it from there onto the towel floor by the, by the front door and we'll see if it explodes. Like, we're just it's in experimental stage. And so she goes up there and she tosses it down and I've got it on camera. I'll show you later if you want. Camera slow motion. And it, it hits the towel floor and it expands out far beyond its capacity right now, but then sucks up again. And it's, it's amazing to watch. Um, I was fascinated by it. And me and her just had a whole lot of laughs for about 45 minutes. But I, after some time, it was like, okay, this is getting, this is getting dumb now. <laughs> I mean, it was dumb before, but that was really getting to the point where it wasn't fun anymore. And I think a lot of times in our relationships, what happens is that as we grow up, there's an inner maturity that doesn't often progress with our outer maturity. 
and we become full-grown adults. And I want, for today's purposes, I want you to look at this as immaturity. Like, this is immaturity, okay? But our inner maturity doesn't always progress with our outer maturity, and we become full-blown adults in relationships, and we can't figure out why we're acting like children sometimes. Or why we're not understanding things the way that we should be understanding them. We look at love as something that we get something from as opposed to giving something to. You know what I'm saying? Like, we become childlike when we don't fully understand it. And today, actually, let's look at 1 Corinthians again. I want, you, I want to read this. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. I spoke. I understood. I thought. If you're taking notes today, I want you to write down these three letters, S-U-T. I spoke. I understood. I thought. And the next of those letters, I want you to write systems under testing. How we speak and how we understand things and how we think is our system. My system is very different than your system because of the experiences that I've gone through in my life. And what I find fascinating about relationships is we will take two people from opposite ends of the earth, put them together, and they're attracted to each other, but then their systems don't line up. Their thinking, their, their speech, their understanding of love is different than the other person's speaking and understanding and thinking of love. And I guess the question that I want to ask all of us today is, do you have the courage to test your systems? What if today's the day that you do an internal check and be like, man, if things aren't working out relationally for me, if I can't, let's, and, and let's break the idea that today we're talking about married couples, we're not because our lives are relationships. We were built for relationship. And some of us are really, really good socially, and some of us try socially, and we don't, like, we're not welcomed into certain social spheres. And I, I, today, I guess, I just want to like dissect and do some surgery into like, why are we not understanding love as it should be? We spend so much time, money, effort on how we present ourselves outwardly, but how much effort do we spend evaluating our speech or evaluating our understanding or our thought processes? Paul is saying to every one of us that if we're going to set up a defense to keep stuff out, we better be intentional when it comes to dealing with the stuff that's already inside. And what Paul is really trying to communicate is that healthy exchanges and receiving and giving of love has a direct correlation with your maturity level. You following with me today? This is okay? Okay. I'm going to assume that you're thinking and that's why it's quiet. Are you at war with an immature inner self? What is stopping you from experiencing the fullness of the truest form of love that God has to offer in your relationships? Have you ever met somebody that constantly defends their dysfunction? And by dysfunction, I mean, like, you ever heard somebody say, well, that's just the way I am. Like, take it or leave it. Or, or that's just the way I talk. I remember watching an episode of Beyond Scared Straight. You ever you remember that show? Where they take, like, these, these adolescents and they throw them in jail just to, like, really shake them up. And one of the episodes this girl was in 
the car with her mom and, and she was totally disrespecting her and the, she was like swearing up and down all, like the whole conversation. The mom looks at her and she's like, why are you like that? Why do you talk like that? And the teenage girl was just like, that's just the way I am. That's just the way I talk. You never heard that, no? Okay. With that in mind, I want us to ask the questions is, are you defending something that is killing your relationships? Are you at a point where you're like, this is me, like, and I need to defend this, this is who I am, and take it or leave it? I find that a lot of times that the conflicts in relationships are like that, is like, well, you're not accepting me for who I am, and, and it, it's just, something's not right. First thing we need to identify is that our system, how we think, how we understand, and how we speak, is not us. Your system and your identity are two different things. Because if you always identify with your system and the system is dysfunctional, you won't try to kill that system because you'll believe that it's killing you. And so you'll just be like, well, I'm just going to leave it then. Because somehow, for some reason, in, this, in how we behave and how we speak and how we understand and how we think, we always feel like, well, that's, that's just me. It's like, and then we disregard the idea that we, that could ever be changed or modified or improved. Do you have the courage today, if this is, if this is the issue, do you have the courage today to be like, you know what? What if me isn't working? What if how I speak and how I understand things and how I, how I talk about things is the reason why I'm missing out on opportunities in life, is the reason why I'm missing out on relationships in life. Like, what if me isn't working? I spoke as a child. What are the things that you keep speaking out that are poisoning your opportunities, poisoning your conversations? I understood as a child. Understood means the truth that you stand under. It is for better or for worse, it is your version of what happened, is happening, or will happen. And we can talk about love all day long, but our, our perceptions of love are, can be worlds apart. Worlds apart. A thought as a child. Have you ever been brave enough to challenge your thought process? What if, what if setting boundaries for you isn't exactly just setting walls and being like, this is, this is what I'm going to lock myself into, but what if setting boundaries for you or even, let's talk about the idea of distancing yourself from people. I'm setting boundaries, so I'm going to distance myself from people. What if that's not your issue? What if today is the day that you decide setting boundaries for you looks more like being vigilant and fortified about the stuff and the real estate that takes up your mind? This stuff is helping me grow. This stuff isn't helping me grow. This stuff is improving me. This stuff, like, and, and just being like, I'm not going to allow that into my thought process because it's not benefiting where I'm going. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says this. He says, we, dem we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The common Greek word translated as obey, I'm gonna walk, bear with me, I am not Greek. Full-blown Canadian. Hupakau. <laughs> Thanks. That'll be all for today, folks. <laughs> I don't even know if that's right. Um, it is a compound word that means literally to listen under. We always talk about obeying as submission. It's not, it's to listen under. The disciples listened under Jesus for three years. 
the senses of understanding and responding to that understanding. Galatians 4 verse 1 says this, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. We just, sung, we just sang a song, You Are My Inheritance. Remember singing that? You are my strength and shield. You are my inheritance. We have a great inheritance. We are plan A, just so you know, as far as the church goes and, and, and reaching people, the lost, the broken. Like our inheritance is huge. And our community is desperately wanting to be shown love in its most genuine form. But the problem is we get so immature with love that they look at us and our relationships and they're like, you serve a God that is all about love, but you can't handle your, rela your relationships. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like an incomplete message and we're wondering why people don't want to come to church. Pastor Kelly always says this, that a child is a mismanager. A child in its simplest form is a mismanager. We've been given so much. Relationship-wise, and yet sometimes we mismanage it. Now I say that the heir, which is us, we're inheriting so much. And as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though is master of all. But is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. As long as you allow, and if we're not going to go there, we're not going to go there, but as long as you allow a dysfunctional immaturity to exist in you, you will pass up opportunities, you will pass up relationship, you will pass up some of the greatest things that God has in store for you, waiting for you to come to your fullest maturity level and understanding of what your life is about and what love is. And that's the hardest thing to, to watch is somebody who you know is an heir of such amazing things, but they're so stuck in their system that they can't see it. You will procrastinate your purpose and remain, you will remain under people that you should be leading. Let's put it like that. And I want to talk to the fathers of households today, just for a moment. Household leaders, you are the spiritual oversight of your home. And if we allow, if you allow this underdeveloped immaturity to exist, you will pass up the opportunity to lead your family, to be the person that they rely on. To, like, are you hearing me, men? That we have, like, <laughs> Scripture calls him a father to the fatherless. I've been doing youth for 15 years. There's a whole lot of fatherless kids out there. And the church, man, if there was ever a place for men to become men, it is now. Church and time. Like, let's, let's go. When I talk about an undeveloped immaturity, it's not like it's unaccessible. We can still do it. We can still do it. We can still do it. Let's get there. Get to the place where it's like, God, you've entrusted me with this family. You've entrusted me with the spiritual oversight of this house. Like, men, let's go. Amen? Amen. I want to look at this again. 1 Corinthians 13. When I became a man, when I became a man, I put away childish things. 
What it doesn't say is, I put away childish things, and then I became a man. The action doesn't dictate the growth. The growth dictates the action. It means we come to a stage where we say, you know what, that may have been a part of my life. It is no longer a part of my life anymore. But I'm at a stage now where I see things differently. I speak about things differently. I understand things differently. I think about things differently. And now because of that, my behavior exemplifies that I understand a maturity of what love is. If this is immaturity, I put away childish things. Okay, I'm putting it away. I'm not destroying it. I'm not shoving scissors through it and watching all the jelly come out. I'm, I, 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 there's, there's value in this. Why? Because when you become a dad, you still want to have fun with your kids. You still want to have that playful mindset where you're able to engage with them and, and be foolish. And, 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 and that is important. So I'm not destroying it, but I'm putting away because if I ever need it, I know where to get it. I could tap into it. But at this stage in my life, I'm limiting its functionality because I know that if I allow this to rule, then my system and how I lead my family isn't going to work. And by doing this, I am offering the best gift to my loved ones, to my wife, to my kids. You understand? I don't want to kill it, but I'm putting it away. And the strength that comes out of that is astounding. And what God can do with you when you make that kind of decision, opportunities fall on your plate. Authority falls on your plate. And then you're able to live your best. And relationships, they're hard. They are. But they can be wonderful for long periods of time. Like this, is, this is not just for guys. This is for all of us. What if this was the season or this was the week or this was the day where you're like, I, 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 I see it. I know what's holding me back. I'm catching, like, I, I, I hear myself when I talk and that's not the talk of someone that's gonna shake ground going forward. So I'm going to captivate, like, I'm gonna capture those thoughts. You're with me, church, come on. Like, this is... The world, like, hmm. listen, if we don't get this, if we do not understand that we are not our system and that we can be far better, if we don't get this and we continue to have an immature idea of love, then we will go out in our, into our communities and we will present a half version of what God really intends for love to look like in action. It'll be a half version. It won't be the fullness, which means we won't be able to see the fullness of its reward. In our relationships, if we don't get this, we will continue to, to fight and, and defend our dysfunction and we will miss out on meaningful conversations with our kids. We will miss out on precious moments with our spouses. You will miss out on people that could benefit your life but can't, can't be around you anymore because you haven't grown up yet. Because you don't know how to put it away. The church is the hope of the world, which means we've got work to do. All of us, including me.
This message was really hard to write, actually. Uh, I went back and forth with God on whether I should pull the blob out or not. Like, I, I honestly did. <laughs> Ask my wife. I'm like, is it, is it going to distract? Because I don't want it to distract. I want it to be like a pure example for all of us to understand what immaturity looks like. You can have fun with it. But it'll hurt you in the long run and prevent you from the greatest experiences of your life. I put away childish things. How do you put away childish things? Number one, if you're taking notes, you can't disarm it if you can't identify it. You got to be able to see it. It's like, okay, what is holding me back? What is the childish attribute that I'm allowing to resurface in my life continually that is stopping me from getting what I want, what I deserve, or what God has put in my heart? Number two, you can't kill it if you identify with it. You are not your system. Your ability to remove your worth from how you function will determine your successful outcome. And three, you have to consider the cost. Anybody done a renovation before? You ever live in a mess? That's what this is. <laughs> There's going to be a mess. Because the deeper that you dive into, like, into trying to clarify what is going on in your life, the more stuff comes up. So have grace for yourself. Have grace for others who are trying to understand what you're putting yourself through. It's a process. And those that are brave enough to go through it with it will. And those that don't. How do I know if it's immaturity that's hurting my relationship? It's a great question, Tim. Do you publicly criticize your partner for cheap laughs knowing that the cost over time is expensive? You know what's interesting about marriage? You know why they do the sand thing and the rope thing? So you're becoming one. And so when you openly, publicly criticize the other half of your one, it damages you just as much. Both parties are hurt. They're hurt emotionally, but you're like, from an outsider's point of view, it's like, why would you say that about what you care about? Second point, is your relationship more transactional than relational? Is it just you get what you want, I get what I want, and there's no, there's no intimacy, there's no deepness? Third, is the weight and responsibility of the relationship equally carried? Or is one person pulling all the weight and the other one's just on the couch? Ultimately, when we talk about boundaries, if you're not willing to set boundaries for yourself, it invites a lack of respect. So when you say you're open to everything, don't be surprised when disrespect comes knocking at your door. So if I'm going to set boundaries for myself, it's like, I'm going to allow this in my life in this season. I'm not going to allow that in my life in this season. When you start to set those parameters, you teach people how to treat you. What could your relationships, our relationships, look like if we're willing to examine ourselves before evaluating each other or blaming each other? What if we could have the humility to recognize the underdeveloped parts of us and then be open to growth? And listen to me, church, it is God's intention. He's a God of intentionality. It is his intention that you would fully mature in love. That you would have a full understanding 
that when you say the word love to another person, the weight that that carries. But it's your decision if you do or not. It's God's intention that you would experience it, but it's your decision if you do or not. Now, I have a takeaway, but then I got a couple more things I want to run by you. Boundaries without consequences are nothing but a bad, bad suggestion. Understanding that when you put a boundary in place, that there is a cost that comes with it. And I would encourage you that if you are setting distances, that you wouldn't give on those distances too quick. There's a reason why you're setting it. There's a reason why you're putting yourself in a different circle. I'm wondering how many of us have spent too much time looking like we're mature on the outside. I got all together. I show up to church. Family's great. Things are great. And then we go home and the dysfunction kicks in and the system's not working. We get childish individually with our prayers in God. Like I wonder, I'm going to talk about our relationship with God for a second. We get childish with our prayers. And throw tantrums when he doesn't meet our expectations. Would you be willing to do an internal check? Could you come to the place where you're open to challenging your understanding of God for the sake of a fruitful relationship with him? Now, we're all on different journeys. We're all on different stages of our understanding of God and what, what love looks like with your creator. And in that, in 1 John 4, verse 7, it says, God, God is love. So if God is love, then this is how, this is Tim's notes on how I read 1 Corinthians 13. It's not going to be on the wall, so listen carefully. God is patient. God is kind. He does not envy other people, and he's the only one with the right to boast. He's God. He is not prideful but is insanely proud of his children. God does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking because he's too busy searching after the hearts of men. He has a righteous anger against injustice. And for those of you who are on rocky ground with your relationship with God right now, I want you to hear these points the most. God keeps no record of wrongs. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects. God always trusts. God always hopes. God always perseveres. God never fails. Never. There are two parts to this message. One is for you and your relationship with others. And the other portion is for you and your relationship with God. I came to God a long time ago and I said, I don't want a childish understanding of what you have to offer for my life. I don't want to think about you with a kid's mindset where you give me something and then I can demand it and get it whenever I want. I don't want to talk about you like I don't have an intimate knowing relationship with you. And that changed everything for me. 
my immature mindset of God I put away. And it was the best decision I ever made. But it took some work to understand him. It took getting into the word to see the, the consistencies of, his, of, of how consistent he is. It took prayer time to get his heart and to know what he wants from me. And then it took a whole lot of sitting and trying to think through how somebody could send their most valuable child to give up his life for me and all of my mistakes. And it says in Romans that if you confess with your heart, believe with your mouth that, you, that God sent his son to die and be risen again, then you can have relationship with him. I don't know where you are with God today. I have no idea what your relationship looks like with him. And maybe it's flirting. Maybe it's like, maybe you're actually, you have, maybe it's just getting what you need and then you carry on and then you go back to him until you need something again. But I, I want you to know that God is so much more than that. And what he has to offer is an inheritance that you can't buy, you can't earn. He wants to give you influence where you walk and when you speak to be able to deliver hope with your words. It's a relationship you can't find anywhere. And I want to offer it to you today. And if you're cool with God, that's great. But there's probably some people in here that aren't. So would you, out of respect for everyone in this room, bow your heads and close your eyes. I want you to repeat after me if you want to start a relationship with him or even mend a relationship with him. Let's pray. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you. You chose me. You made me. I'm asking you right now to come into my life. Be the Lord of my life, my Savior and my friend. I thank you that my past is past and I could begin a new life with you. Give me a mature understanding of who you are, what you offer. I give my heart to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Still, with respect of everybody in this room, if you made that decision, if I were you, I'd be bold about it. I would stick my hand up and be like, this is the greatest decision I've ever made in my life. If you made that decision today, would you stick your hand up and be like, yeah, today's the day I decided to follow, build a relationship with Jesus. Thank you. Today's the day that I decided to mend my relationship with Jesus. Today's the day I decided to become humble enough to let him work in my life. If that was you, would you raise your hand all across the room? Thank you. Thank you. And if you're not bold enough to raise your hand, that's totally okay. But there is a card in front of you that says, I have decided if you would check that with all sincerity and be like, you know what, I'm going to start this. Whether people know about it or not, I'm starting this today. Today is my best foot forward. Amen? Amen. Isn't God good? Isn't he so good?